You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, March Madness has uh, been engaged for quite some time, but for those that follow this show, this region, Alabama and Auburn, uh, it starts tonight uh, at Bridgestone in Nashville, Tennessee. South Carolina, Mississippi State, the 12 and 13 seeds meet at 6 o'clock, and then the 11 and 14, Georgia and LSU will meet at what I'll call 8.30. They say officially in the bracket, 25 minutes after the conclusion of the previous game. I think I'm ballparking it pretty well at uh, 30, at 8.39. That's what I'll be watching tonight. Lars, what will you be watching? Um, I'm going to be watching my girls' softball practice. You know, (laughs) your excuse. Yeah, uh, Uh, absolutely. There's nothing more more compelling than watching (laughs) six-year-old softball practice. Um, But you know what, Matt? Uh, the coach of our of our team, she's just she's terrific, and um, Farah, one of my girls, did something in their first game that she has never seen before. Farah was playing pitcher, screaming line drive off <laughs> a girl. It, it, it's pitch, and then if you can't hit it, you put it on the tee. All right, and this was pitch. Girl hit a screaming line drive. While <laughs> Farah put up her glove and she caught it. She said, yeah, and the coach came right over to me, and she said, that is the greatest single play I've ever seen in six-year-old girl base, in six-year-old softball. You got a player. I know she is. She's great. As long as we're saying that, uh, Saturday was a little league opening for my grandchildren. Uh, Cole, who's my seven-year-old, unassisted double play to end the game. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. What but happened? He, um, line drive. He was at, he was playing pitcher. He normally plays short or second, but they moved him up there. They move them all around, which I think is fantastic. But uh, T ball the no wait it's coach pitch. Excuse me. Uh, but after two, they go to the T. I think no 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 no. It's all pitch. that doesn't matter. Hit a little looper right over the pitcher in front of the shortstop. Mm-hmm. He caught it on the run, and then the guy was trying to run between the bases. So. You tag him. He's a good little player. Nice. But you just reminded me I'll miss part of the first game because uh, my 12-year-old uh, grandson, uh, I mean, he's playing pretty high-level Little League. It's, it's, it's baseball now. It's not walk them all and run around and make errors. Uh, but he's playing at 6 o'clock tonight, so I'll miss part of the first game. So all that being said and done. Uh, Christian Miller, I'm pretty sure, is not going to be watching anything of the Little League variety. Christian, how are you on this fine Wednesday? Doing well. How are y'all? Uh, pretty Doing good. Great. Beautiful outside. Uh, spring has sprung. The pollen. Matt, you and I both drive black cars. Have you seen my car? <laughs> yeah, my car is... Uh, that makes three of us. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, okay. you, <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big black truck. Does yeah, the yeah. bed of your truck just l- look like, uh, I don't know... 
the infield of a little league. <laughs> yeah, my my truck is it might as well be yellow at this point. Yeah, um. <laughs> I'll give you. I want to give you a little tip on pollen, because when I got into my car, uh, it's all over the windshield. You know what I mean? Yep. So I turned on the wipers. And it certainly, but man, the windshield, when it pushes it all to one side, you got two green streaks down each side of your windshield. Um, I did that two days ago. This morning, I didn't do that. If you'll just let it go, not use your windshield, you know, the wipers and the spray, the wind will blow it off and you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. There's a tip from Matt on pollen. I like it. And uh, and it really, it worked and I didn't mess gunk and you know, shoot it on the side of the car. So there you go. Um, Christian, you have any thoughts going in the SEC tournament as we get ready for tonight? You know, I think in terms of other teams, I don't really have many thoughts. But for Alabama, I'm just hoping they can kind of get back to that play that we've seen, um, that they're capable of playing at that level, you know, early on in the season. Um, hopefully they can get their shooting back going. Hopefully they can get their defensive efforts back up and, I, I think we'll we'll see that that level of play out of them in this tournament. You know, teams that have that potential typically, you know, they turn it on, they turn it up a notch um, when it matters most, and, and that's what I'm expecting uh, out of Alabama's basketball program, especially with a coach like Nate Oates. I, I I don't doubt him for a second. I know he's getting those guys prepared for um, this big moment. Matt, I, I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to share mine. What your favorite memory is of covering the SEC tournament, um, and and I'll and I'll start, and it, it doesn't have to do with Alabama. It, it really it's 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 about the story, and the story. It was in two thousand eight. The worst team in the SEC during the regular season was Georgia, and the tournament was played in Atlanta, and uh, or t- or a tornado. Blew through Atlanta. Remember that? And that it was in 08? Yeah. And it ripped, Man, I've gotten r- old ripped off the roof, uh, yeah. uh, part of the Georgia Dome, forced a postponement, uh, rescheduling of games on Friday night, and moving the remainder of the games to uh, the campus of Georgia Tech uh, at uh, Alexander Memorial Coliseum. And if you remember, uh, only media and family members of players and just a handful of others were allowed to attend. And this small crowd witnessed what may have been the most unlikely run in SEC history. That was when Georgia, again, the worst team in the regular season, pulled upset after upset after upset and won its first tournament title in 25 years. Uh, and, and it was like they had, if you remember their celebration, it was like they had just won the national championship. And of course they ended up losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Xavier, but that did nothing to diminish what they did in the SEC tournament. Did you just say, and I was, I was looking up something to, to respond and answer your question. Did you say Georgia had to win two games in one day? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Uh, Joe Gaither helped me. I think they, when they had to, they ended up missing a day that Friday, and then they had to shift everything. And how the SEC managed to do that logistically blows my mind. I mean, you're, you're trying to work through the tickets. You, you've got tickets to games that are on Friday that are now valid on Saturday. I, I don't know how you deal with all that stuff. But I'm pretty sure, and I'll look it up, that Georgia – 
the worst team, we'll say this for the eighth time, in the Southeastern Conference won two games that in just, one day. That, and that's they the did. beauty of March, right? Yeah, okay, Joe. Thank you, Joe's Joe. right. Yeah. yeah, so they did win two games in one day. But that's it's the beauty of March. It's the beauty of sports. Anything is possible. Anything isn't really probable, <laughs> but anything's possible. And um, I, I think um, in, in my time of living in the South, that is one of the greatest sort of basketball okay. stories that I've, I, I've been around. I, I've never, I never wrote about it uh, in, in great length, um, just mostly like sort of, you know, game stories. But um, Lars, they beat Kentucky so how about and Mississippi you, State in the same day. Yeah, so yeah, so they beat Great. Kentucky and Mississippi State in the same day. That's incredible. Um, a man, real quick one. Maybe, it's maybe being, I should look into that for a potential book. Um, I don't know. Too limited. There is an unbelievable, and you know you watch these. You produce them. I've, I've, I've helped in many, too. But there is a wonderful documentary on that. It is so well done. On and that tornado? Focus, yeah, and it focuses on the tornado, what they had to do, Georgia, um, I think it was unbelievable. I don't believe anybody lost their life. No, that. there was some, it was there was some it injuries, was, and, but, but it, I mean but it, it took went, part like, of the dome top it, off. Yeah, and it basically like, well, what is it? CNN Center right there. Yeah, and I know CNN is actually moving out of CNN Center. Uh, I'm sure they're going to much smaller studios. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome, well, welcome to media well, oh in 2023. No, no kidding. Uh, one quick one, about 30, 31 years ago, back when they had the SEC tournament in Birmingham, uh, who was LSU playing? So when they had Shaq and Stanley Roberts and uh, oh, yeah. Chris Jackson. Um, oh, God, I love Chris Jackson right. is one of my all-time favorite uh, college basketball players. Just love that, his game. You know, he averaged like 30 points a game. Yeah. Man, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. God, he was just a shooter. I love Mississippi kid, I think. Um, Anyway, uh, LSU was playing Tennessee, and Tennessee had a forward named Carlos Gross, who was um, just say very physical, and he kept kind of picking on Shaq. If if you can do that, Dale Brown went crazy, went out on the court, tried to tried to fight Carlos Gross himself. On the floor. Do you remember that? I don't, but uh, I, I have read about it. <laughs> but somehow in all of this chaos, Shaq ended up getting tossed, and I think he was the least egregious in the whole thing. But uh, that was a memory because I was sitting side court, and I was kind of going, <laughs> is this? Dale, yeah, Dale, uh, yeah, Dale Brown's infamous quote after the game, he said that he was attempting to be, quote, a peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, in fact, the opposite. But he the best college... Yeah, because he lunged at, uh, yeah, at Gross, yeah, the Tennessee to, player. But, you know, that is so Dale Brownish, if you will. Uh, but the best college basketball game I ever saw was on the Saturday in the semifinals. We have talked about this. Um, it was Alabama-Arkansas. And when they put the starting lineups on that floor, I think there were eight NBA guys on there. Mm. Every possession was just talent riddled. Mm. And it came down to a last second shot, little known Alabama guard, Elliot Washington. Well, <laughs> they decided not to guard him. And uh, he was left open. And he, of course, they did get to him. That's when they did 40 minutes of hell. Um, and he launched a three pointer, and, and Alabama won it. And, and, and it was almost like everybody. 
didn't cheer. They just went, because <laughs> you've been cheering so hard. Yeah. But it was it's the best basketball game I've ever seen in person in my life. So. Yeah, uh, March is so fun. Uh, with college basketball, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, we, we talked about the challenges of covering it as a reporter, but a, as a fan, it is just the the best. Um, and uh, it, it, it's always it's always kind of sad when it ends, and yeah. uh, and be, because like it's almost like it gives you the fix of football, right? Like because it's that amount of intensity. And then the next thing really is the kind of on the sports calendars, the Masters uh, in early April. But um, I just, uh, I, I, I love the, I, I prefer the first weekend of the tournament. That's my, it's my favorite. You know, Even though there are a lot of blowouts, but it, every once in a while you're going to get that 215 game, right? Or that 314, three seed, you know, 14 seed that it becomes really close and a school you've never heard of before <laughs> pulls off an upset. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I, I had never done the guys' trip to Vegas for the first round, uh, first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, but uh, I think maybe you're up to day. that challenge. I think you could handle it. I think I'd lose a lot of money. Isn't uh, next week the most often um, surgically vasectomies? Oh, yeah. I've heard that. So uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can sit there with a bag of black-eyed peas. (laughs) Not that I know anything about it. But I know guys that have done it. Um, Today... Planet Earth is celebrating something very special, and we will recognize that on the other side of the break. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Noticeably cooler today, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain by mid to late afternoon. The high today, 63. Very cool tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with periods of rain. The low tonight, 46. The high tomorrow afternoon, right around 60. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Got a very welcome text message this morning from Dana Duckworth, who used to be a regular on our show, Women on Wednesday, uh, back when it was under the title of the Jay Barker Show. Um, I personally go back to when Dana, I, I covered her when she was in under Sarah Patterson as a gymnast at Alabama. Then we ended up doing some TV gymnastics, which is just a fun, 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 fun. And just I have the highest respect for Dana. But she sent me a text, and this is the kind of th- stuff she does. She's heavily involved. But it says, today is International Women's Day. I didn't know that. I'm glad she texted me. Let's celebrate the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women and continue to call for an action to accelerating women's equality. So, that's good. So, you know what I did? Who do you think, and if you guys get this, and I want everybody to play this game, hands on buzzers. Who do you think the highest paid female athlete in the world is? Mm. 
I would maybe say like Serena, tennis player. That's what I was going to say, Serena Williams. Y'all, uh, y'all are pretty good. I'm glad that wasn't number one. Anybody else have any more guesses? Mm. You know who else was up there that I really like? Simone Biles, who you yep. said, and, and I've observed, maybe the greatest athlete I've ever oh, female. She's she, just, yeah, I, I wrote a 5,000-word piece on her and went, went down to Houston, hung out with her... Um, uh, the 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 people who are now who are considered her mom and dad. I mean, she's she's got this amazing backstory, um, and uh, but when I was at the gym, and it was just her and I, and she was she just allowed me to to watch her, right? And it was as if she could fly. The only I remember you saying the that. only human being on the planet I ever believed could fly. I well, mean, just. She was just, uh, just you know, the most athletic, muscular, four foot <laughs> ten person I've ever seen in my life. But man, she just—I'd uh, be—I don't think it's hyperbole to say that she's the greatest gymnast ever. Um, there would be a lot that you could throw in there, but uh, certainly currently she is. Um, Serena Williams, you're right, Christian, is very high on the list. She, in fact, is number two. Total estimated earnings, $41.3 million. Wow. Pretty good cat. But then you think how many Major League Baseball's NBA stars and NFL players are making 40 a year, you know? Um, but, and you guys have probably seen this young lady. I think I've seen her in a couple of the, uh, Couple of the majors in tennis, Naomi Osaki, yeah, fifty-one million, mm-hmm. Japanese tennis player, yeah, and very good. But anyway, thank you, Dana Duckworth, for sending that information. And we probably don't recognize the female athletes in the world, females. Period, as often as we should, but we will right now officially on big noon sports. You know, I, Christian, I have a question for you that I forgot to ask you during um, the combine, mm. and it's a question that is a—it's like it's a great debate almost every single year that comes up, and that is your forty speed versus football speed. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about it more and more. Like, it—it it seems like it would make more sense. To run the forty at the combine in pads, absolutely. Maybe but not. then, but then, how do you regulate that? Right? It's almost like a, a, a jockey on a horse. Like everybody has to weigh the same, right? If a, if a jockey weighs less than other jockeys, then they have to put some weights on. They used right? to do that in NASCAR. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get where you're Go going, ahead, Lars. Um, but. Here's the thing. Then that means the quarterbacks need to throw in pads because they're going to wear pads when they when they throw. That means the the mm-hmm. the linebackers need to drop in coverage and pads. You know what I mean? Like, I think the the it's everything's a constant, right? So nobody's wearing pads. So it's even. You just speculate. Um, and, and to be honest, when they say game speed versus forty speed, they're not really talking about like with pads on. They're just saying you play the game a lot faster or slower compared to your timed 40, if that makes sense. So it's not really like a, oh, game speed is with all your equipment, how fast you run. What that means is 
there's guys, and it, it sometimes it goes in either direction. There's guys that clock in at an extremely fast 40 time. They might run a 4-4. Four, four. But then when you watch them on film, they just can't seem to get that same type of separation that you'd expect out of a guy running 4-4. Four, four. They don't have that breakaway I mean, the, speed. The, the, yeah, sorry, Christian. The, the the perfect example, Jerry Rice. You know what he ran at the nineteen eighty five combine? Like, like four, a four six, eight, right? four yeah. seven, four, 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 four seven yeah. one. Yeah. And I did you ever see him get caught from behind? I didn't really you know get to what? watch. Him, I but, got another great. But I mean, on the highlights, yeah. no on the highlights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, you're so dang young. Yeah. Sometimes I even forget. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Christian. No, no. I mean, I, uh, now but, there's a. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, 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 no. I'm a, you're the expert here. No, no. But basically, yeah, that's a great example, Lars. And then, it, you know, it, it's one of those things where people have to understand, too. There's so many, you know, variables in a 40. Again, like, here's another example. Like, Josh Jacobs, like, he was clocked in at like a 4-6 when he ran his approach, I think. And everybody was, you know, trying to, you know, make a flurry about it. Like, oh, man, was it? we thought he, look, like, your start matters so much. You'd be surprised how much a start makes a difference. Like, there's guys that literally are faster than guys running four fours, but they're terrible at starts. And it, and it knocks off the, the, those two milliseconds. Your finish. Guys pull up too early. Like, you have to run through it as if you're, you're running 60 yards, 80 yards. You, like, if you pull up just a hair, I'm, like, I'm telling you, if y'all only knew the, the, the margin um, of, of change for these small movements, you'd be surprised. That's why 40 times... You can't necessarily look into them too much. Now, it's different. Like, if a guy runs a 4.6 and a 40, then you watch him on tape, and he looks like he's running a 4.6, then, yeah, he's a slower guy. But if he, you know, if he's fast on film, he has good, great breakaway speed, you know, he's explosive, he's, he, he can get separation, then he just runs a bad 40 time, you almost can say, all right, he might just, it might just be the 40 that's messing him up. Does that make sense? Because I, mean, I know so many guys, honestly, that yeah. – they go and clock. Like, like, all right, even these defensive ends, these defensive ends that have been clocking these extremely fast forty times. Yeah, they're fast, but I, I mean, if you watch them, does that mean they're going to catch these running backs or receivers? Probably not. <laughs> they're just very long and lengthy guys with extremely uh, great forty starts. They know how to run. They've been coached up for it, and so they're, they're they're timed great. But on the field, I guarantee you, if you line them up next to a receiver that runs. The same forty time or slightly slower, that receiver is going to separate from them, just because a forty. It just seems it's like, like mechanics. It's like it's yep. a technique almost. It just seems right. like there are guys who um, their forty time at the combine ends up kind of matching their forty time on the field when they're in pads, mm-hmm. and then there are other guys their forty time at the combine is wildly different than when they have pads on. Uh, because you're wet, you're. I don't know what the total weight of the pads are. What fifteen pounds? I don't know, Christian. You'd have to tell me. But uh, when you're carrying well, that extra weight, well, pad, pads. Uh, I don't know about pads, but if you include a helmet, yeah. I mean, pads are probably five to seven pounds or so, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But a helmet, <laughs> a helmet, <laughs> helmets can be heavy, man. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's just interesting to me that. Some guys, again, don't see, appear to lose any of that 40 speed that they showed at Indy, while other guys do. 
Like, so, Christian, have you ever uh, ran a 40 in full pads? Absolutely not. I don't know anybody <laughs> personally that has done that. <laughs> but don't. that's a great idea. I mean, I, we just never, never probably thought of it because, uh, again, you know, no one does that. So, there's, you know, we never really thought we needed to. But maybe that that's a great little experiment. Maybe, uh, maybe I can fool around and go run a 40 without pads and throw my pads yeah. and helmet on time that and we can compare it maybe that'll be a nice little experiment look at you Lars, getting me back Let's into school it. in the school mode I feel like I'm <laughs> a student again. Well, well, <laughs> you know with, with the way they run and time the 40s it's a track event yeah it, it is, is not a football no, event. exactly and I, I think part of the problem uh with the pad thing is is not necessarily the weight but pads are cumbersome right right, right christian they restrict I mean, your movement they're Isn't necessary that- it's more yes, so what exactly. it is. It's, it, it, your movement is restricted. Like you, you see receivers, you know, it, it's hard for them to, you know, to get their hands over their head as well as they would if they didn't have the pads on. If, if you're wearing the tights with the, you know, the, your girdle and all your pads in there, you, your movement and your legs feels a little more restricted. I mean, I, I my passwords feels a little more stiff when I wear football pads and, and, and a helmet and whatnot versus when I don't. Obviously, I have to. I can't I can't be out there without the equipment. But yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I think the movement is restricted and that more so affects you versus the weight. I have a great example from the college football world, particularly Alabama fans, on speed when we get back on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. incredible play and it marked um, the signature play of Alabama defeating Miami in the 93 national championship game at the Sugar Bowl and point for bringing that play up by the way I was there uh, watching those arrogant Miami Hurricanes get that handed right up on their head was uh, was delightful I'll be honest with you and I'm kind of trying to be there as an unbiased reporter that but was a beat down but at, I remember the, watching that game you remember Gino Toretta's look when Bill Oliver and Mike and uh, Mike DuBose put 11 on the line of scrimmage and he just he just had this glassy-eyed look I think he called timeout he didn't know what to do didn't know where they're coming from but in that play George Teague <clears throat> who was not noted as a speed guy he wasn't even a corner he was a safety but and Lamar Thomas was a track guy. 
But guess who ran down whom? Teague on the far sideline in the most notable play in championship history that really never counted because there was a flag on the play. Um, had there not been a flag, though, uh, things would have been vastly different. But Teague was probably, I want to guess, 4-8, 4-7, something like that. Lamar Thomas was like a 4-3 change. Uh, and as, as he uh, said in the postgame comments, he said, it's amazing how fast you become when you realize what Gene Stallings is going to do to you when you get back to the sideline. Because uh, he got beat. He got yeah. beat. Uh, he said, I got to run him down. Not only am I going to run him down, I'm going to very skillfully remove the football from his arms. And Lamar Thomas was acting like a hurricane. He was kind of showboating a little bit and probably not running his 4-4. Anyway, uh, very, very interesting conversation. And it's all, when it comes down to it, Lars, it's all about good feet. Yeah. Right, Christian? You guys know it. You know that <laughs> it's all about good feet. And speaking of good feet and football, I played a while, and that's brought me all types of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain. But thanks to my good friends over at the Good Feet store, I found a new way to eliminate and alleviate that pain with their premium art supports. They're precision fit for your personal needs, lifestyle, profession, and footwear. I use them for all situations and circumstances, training in the gym, working around my house, I throw them in my boots, out on the golf course. I'm sure you guys are familiar with all that walking you got to do. It definitely uh, takes its toll. But it's remarkable the difference they make in such a short period of time. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. So stop into your local Good Feet store today. You can visit them online to make an appointment at goodfeet.com and head over to your local store in Tuscaloosa. That's Midtown. Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. You know, I did uh, a radio show with Antonio Langham for about uh, two years, right? Uh, in, Antonio would come in probably four times a week. Uh, he operates on Antonio time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but if you got swag hanging around yeah, the studio, yeah. he's going to be there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's, if there's free stuff, he is all about it. But, um, you know, talking about that particular play... For some reason, and I don't know why, and Matt, you'll have to explain this to me. For some reason, I would say the majority of Alabama fans think that it was Antonio Langham who stripped that ball and not George Teague. They do. And Langham quit years ago. He quit correcting people. <laughs> he just, he's taking full credit for it. Oh. <laughs> why? You know, they both, uh, Teague was a 1-3. Antonio, of course, world famous for the 4-3. Four, four, three. Four, three. But you know what? Teague picked off a pass, picked off Gino Toretta, and returned it for a touchdown. Do you know who people think did that? What, Langham? Yeah. You know, that pick six. But you know, just to do a, a small dive here, Langham set all this up. Of course, we know what happened in the Alabama-Florida game in the first championship game of the Southeastern Conference. But you know... He had an unbelievable, I believe it was a pick six in the Auburn game the week before. Uh, I'm, and then he had another one. Um, but <laughs> do you know how surprising I find it that he stopped correcting people? How about zero. not at all, zero, <laughs> negative? Well, I mean, I have a all misapprehension that with me, too. Uh, with me playing here, there's, there's a misapprehension. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the year that I tore my biceps, uh, Terrell Lewis also, uh, he, well, he 
he had an elbow injury that sidelined him. That was uh, supposed to be a season-ending injury as well. The two of us, we both played outside linebacker, pass rushers, both supposed to be out for the year. Both came back the same game against Auburn. Well, in the national championship game, I recorded the sack early in the game, but he was the one that recorded the sack um, in overtime or at the end of the game um, in that national championship game against Georgia. And a lot of people always flip us, uh, flip flip that uh, between us two. They think I'm the one that had the sack later in the game, but it was him. I had the one earlier. Um, but I get to a point where they're just like, oh, yeah, you had the big sack in the championship game. I'm like, um, I had a big sack. It wasn't the big, the biggest sack that you're probably thinking of. That no. was Terrell. Um, but it happens. People mix things up. You gotta, you gotta pull a Langham and just start. Just, just say start, that was just me. start. You know, I can't, yeah, I can't just do say, that, hey, though. thanks, man. It was, a, it was, a, it was a big play. <laughs> uh, I just, I feel totally, I can't do that. Totally beat, totally beat that tackle off the edge. <laughs> I have a dear friend. Uh, his name is Dan Jenkins. He was Ken Stabler's best friend, and I've known Dan for 30, 40 years. But you know who Dan Jenkins is. One of the greatest writers, yeah, golf, he's, maybe he's, the greatest he's, golf writer yeah, ever. And known as the greatest writer at SI of yeah. all time. Um, and he kind of favors the Dan Jenkins I know. And finally, it got to the point where my Dan, he just signed the autographs because he couldn't convince people it wasn't him. They didn't believe him. It was usually in a social atmosphere. People would go, go on, sign this for me. You know, sign my hat. He finally just wore down and said, okay, I'm Dan Jenkins. Started signing stuff. <laughs> Now, him. that's probably pushing it too far. All right. Uh, Sonny Smith, one of my favorite people on this entire planet, joins us to talk Auburn, SEC, and college basketball on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
at 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Noticeably cooler today, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain by mid to late afternoon. The high today, 63. Very cool tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with periods of rain. The low tonight, 46. The high tomorrow afternoon, right around 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, back on Big Noon Sports. Myself, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, along with Christian Miller. Appreciate you dialing us in. Appreciate Sonny Smith joining us. Um, of course, long-time, very successful Auburn basketball coach. Um, also coached uh, at VCU and, and had much success there, too. He's currently the color analyst for the Auburn Basketball Network. But, and I know Lars and Christian don't know this, but Sonny is still so active. Did you just get off the tennis court, Sonny? No, I'm getting ready to go, man, after you. But uh, I, I I just showed up early. Oh. <laughs> How often do you play? <laughs> that's because I, I can't tell time. That's what it is. <laughs> do you, how many times a week do you play? Three. Try to play three times a week. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it playing. Playing dead mostly is the way I do it. <laughs> um, I'll share this with with everybody real quick there were back in the days that uh, football coaches and basketball coaches would in preseason entertain the media and you'd go to auburn or you'd go to see wimp uh, you'd have a golf tournament sonny would have a golf tournament he always you always had a tennis tournament and i think yeah. members of the media really enjoyed the break from golf yeah well most people most people that play tennis don't get a chance to play golf because you got you got to play it. You got to play them both uh, a long period of time. So a lot of people single it out and only play one sport. I did, I did I did that exactly. Sonny, give us your uh, big picture thoughts on Auburn as uh, as we head into the SEC tournament. Uh, where are they right now? Are they close to peaking uh, in 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 can they make a run here in the SEC tournament? I think it's hard to uh, access the, how, where they are, and I'll tell you why. They are exceptionally good when their perimeter players shoot the ball. If their perimeter players do not shoot the ball very well, then they, they are capable of being beaten by a lot of people. So I think it's very difficult. And also the fact that... Uh, uh, Dylan Cardwell has been out, and I think they need height because rebounding is, is is something that they have to have to be really good to get those shots, those kick out from the post area for shots, and to know whether he's going to play or not won't know until game time. So I think that, that those are two factors that, that I think will assist. When Auburn shoots, they can play with anybody uh, from the perimeter I'm talking about. And also... The post situation, you don't want to get in foul trouble, and Dylan Cardwell takes care of that pretty much by giving he broom and, and who else that they want to slide down in there. 
Sonny, are there any dark horse candidates in this tournament that you feel could have a chance uh, to surprise some folks? I don't know where people. I don't know how people are looking at Texas A and M. I don't know if they 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 say dark horse there. I think some people will look at uh, Arkansas. If Arkansas, for instance, Texas A and M is not a dark horse. I, I don't want to put it that way. But I think if people, if if let's say Arkansas should get by Auburn, if they could get by, there's a team you have to watch out for. For their style of play is so difficult to get ready for. You know, and they've added the guy, Nick Smith, I think, to the lineup now, and that makes them a little bit stronger team. That's one team that could go either way right there. And uh, I, I, there are others, but when people ask me, I, I, I pretty much have said Texas A&M and Arkansas. But Texas A&M, I don't think you talk to them any kind of dark horse. They're fully capable of beating anybody on a good night. Sonny, uh, let's just turn the clock back a little bit uh, to the SEC tournament as an event in itself. Um, yes. I think I got my years right. Was it 83? You came in here and, and won it and beat Wimp. Um, just give me a moment. Was that, is that correct? Because I know you took the tournament somewhere in the early 80s. Um, just talk yeah, about the tournament hey. as a whole and your experience. Yeah, your experience with Auburn. Well, the tournament has saved a lot of jobs, and I, I don't think you could say it saved mine, but it, cert, it sure put it in a better position. If you, you can have an average year and be uh, kind of tooling along, along there and don't know where you're going to go towards the bottom and towards the top, and you get to that SEC tournament and you have four good days, three good days, uh, and you uh, win the thing, it sure, it sure elevates your program. It also can knock it down. Let's say you're, there were high expectations for you going into that tournament and then you fall out on the first round. Then then the expectations are going to tear, tear you down a little bit. But for us, uh, we were uh, running along there in the middle of the pack and we ended up winning the tournament in four days. And that, was, that, that, that did tremendous things for the Auburn basketball program at that time. So this is a, this is a thing that can take you either way. And uh, there's a lot of teams. Uh, there's a lot of teams right now in this SEC tournament. Going into this SEC tournament, they're all good. They're all they're all capable of pulling an upset. So I think this is one of the years that we might see a few more upsets than before. Just sticking with Auburn, um, what is it that, that that makes Bruce Pearl such a good coach in in March? And in uh, really in February too. I mean, all, well, all around. But um, you know, he, he seems to be able to consistently get his team uh, playing quite well this this time of the year. I think he does it with his practice habits. And this that might sound a little crazy, but what he does is he lightens up as he goes along towards the end of a season. Takes less time in practice. Keeps their legs in under them. Keeps their everybody's attitude up. That just gets takes people that are been, have been injured and lets them uh, get healed up. I think he's good at analyzing and doing that type of thing. I think that's what makes him a good tournament coach. You you cannot go into you in a tournament play with bad with 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 dead legs. I say having played your team so hard. Like, for instance, if anybody's going to have dead legs, you'd say Arkansas because they play full court the whole game. 
Well, let's see. I bet they take a lot of time off from practice to take care of that because they got a good coach that knows what he's doing. So I think where Bruce Pearl is so good is knowing when to back off on time, knowing when to practice hard, knowing to go through a lot of shooting things. I think he's been there, done that, and he knows how to handle that. Are there any tournament memories that come to mind for you? Well, you know, I've I always go back to the winning the SC tournament four four games in four days, that type of thing. That that uh, I, I never have been in my mind. I mean, so in saving a job, saving your job, or elevating your job, maybe a little. But that that certainly elevated the Auburn program when we went four days. That I always go back to that. At BCU, we 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 would never hardly ever get knocked out in the first, and we would win uh, enough to get into NCAA. That was a real key. Win enough games in the tournament to get into NCAA, and that's that's basically what we were able to do there for about four or five years straight. Sonny, uh, you obviously coached Charles Barkley. Uh, we read about him. We watch him. I just absolutely, he's a treasure. And what I really like yes. about him is he's not—he's not afraid to tell you his opinion. And you know what? Nine, nine times out of ten, in my view, he's right. Was he that? He—he he wasn't that outspoken as that little baby, uh, kind of big funky hunk of dunk when you recruited him out of Leeds, was he? Well, I think he was always that way. But the problem was our program was not elevated up to the park to uh, until he started playing. And they saw what a spectacular player he could be. Uh, he, he wasn't quoted enough. You know, he wasn't interviewed enough. But start, when we started doing some good things uh, with our with, with our uh, regular season type stuff and then making some headway in, into tournaments, uh, then he become more quotable because the more people are out wanting to talk to him. Uh, he was always that way. It's just we didn't give him that avenue to get there early enough. Coach, just uh, going over to Alabama real quick. Um, I know you don't cover them, but just sort of big picture. Uh, the the fact that uh, this team is going to be under intense scrutiny coming up yes. here. Uh, we all know the controversy uh, surrounding them. And now, for the first time, you know, reporters are going to have access to the players at the SEC tournament. How do you think Alabama handles this? Well, I think Alabama's the best team in the league. I think they're by far the best team in the league. And I think it's on Coach Oates to handle the uh, – uh, I, I think it's I think it's very important how he handles this situation, how he – helps them deal with the press and all the questions that's going on. I'm sure they've had a lot of meetings about this. And I'm betting that uh, if he does that and he's able to fight off the media on, on all the things that they're going to be attacking and asking, I think he's got a good chance of winning this whole thing and going to NCAA uh, and, and maybe going as far as anybody in the country. Sonny, go to the court. Thank you, and I mean tennis, not basketball, or both. Thank you, Sonny. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you, man. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Next time we'll get in a NASCAR. We'll be right back.
our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lee Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzenamain and if you haven't tried the mizzenamain dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on The Game, starting at 2 o'clock, we'll feature Jerry Palm, bracketology expert. We'll also talk with Brad Powers. We'll take a little trip to Las Vegas. We'll talk about some odds around this SEC tournament and a lot more starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Hey, welcome back to Big Noon Sports. Lars Anderson, myself, Matt Coulter at our Tide Tuscaloosa affiliate. You've got Christian Miller. And joining us now is his former teammate. And that's Bo Scarborough. And Bo, of course, uh, played at Alabama, then went on to the NFL, and he is uh, now one of the bright stars of our Birmingham Stallions. And we want to catch up because the season is just around the corner. But I will start this, Bo, by making everyone listening to these shows uh, aware of season tickets. They go on sale now, and I want you to pay attention to my pricing here. You can get club. Lars, that's where you and I would take the kids, right? Yeah. Club seats. $120 for the season. That Keep in mind what I'm saying, for the season. <laughs> Sideline, which I'm assuming is down and, you know, between the 40s, something like that. 
$90, six games. The corner seating is $30 for six games. Five bucks, you're watching professional football. Uh, that's great. Bo, you coming back from Huntsville? I understand you had a speaking engagement up there. Oh, yes, sir, I am. Uh, I'm coming from Haddon High School, uh, speaking with some of the athletes and some of the students up there. Uh, one of my former coaches, uh, Coach Bowling, uh, one of the best coaches that I had in high school at Northridge High School. Now it's the head coach over at Haddon High School up um, up here in close to Huntsville. And he also the head uh, softball coach. Um, they made it to the playoff uh, three years in a row for the first time in school history. Um, they had a winning record uh, for, the, uh, for the, uh, the last past three years for the first time in school history. So uh, it, it was great, man, a great group of uh, guys and a great group of uh, young ladies. Uh, everybody was dialed in, locked in, and paying attention to what I had to say. And um, it was a uh, very good speech, man. Uh, love the kids the way how they listen. Bo, that is, that's wonderful. I love how you give back and, uh, and, and really serve as an inspiration to so many. Um, what do you think of the new kind of scheduling format of the USFL? Uh, now it's, you know, last year it was just based here in Birmingham, which was great for those of us who live here because we could go to a game almost any night we wanted to. Uh, but this season, uh, year two, uh, there's going to be four host cities, Detroit, Memphis, Canton, Ohio, and Birmingham. Um, how does this change things for you? And, and if you've talked to other players, uh, do you, do you, uh, it, what's the general feeling about how this is all going to work? I, uh, so man, playing for Coach Saban, uh, I'm going to take you back a little bit, uh, playing for Coach Saban and the way how he do things and from what he have taught us in the past. Um, we treat every game the same. No matter if it's a home game or if in a, or it's an away game, we treat every game the same. And I think it would be good for the fans, for other for other fans to be able to actually attend a game that they're a fan of. But uh, for me. Um, I treat it just like any other game. If it's an away game, it's a home game for me. And if it's a home game, it's still a home game for me because when we play away, we treat that as like it's a home game because our fans are going to be louder than theirs and they're going to think it's our stadium because of uh, the way how we're going to play. We're going to be mentally uh, strong and we're going to be physically strong. And we also going to be a tough football team. Bo, I know you've been uh, getting ready for the season, training. How's that going right now? How you feeling health-wise? You ready You ready to roll this season? Uh, man, I'm feeling good, man. I went down to IMG uh, for uh, 10, to 10 days to two weeks. I worked out with uh, Josh Hampton, uh, a guy that used to be over at the University of Alabama. Now is the head screen coach at IMG. Oh yeah, and then I and I and I came back to Tuscaloosa on March first to train with Johnny Jackson over at JPI in Northport, Alabama. So um, 
for the people who listening, uh, if y'all want to get a good workout in with Bo Scarborough, you can um, come to Johnny Gym at JPI in Northport between the times of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. I'm there all day. So, you know, my train has been pretty good. You know, Johnny, uh, he's working on more explosive stuff with me. Um, so, yeah, we 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 doing some very explosive things and, you know, body's feeling good. Um, I'm healthy. Uh, this is probably the best I have felt in a long time. And I'm um, working with Josh and um, Johnny Jackson have been a, a big part of it. All right. And I got to ask you, coming off a championship season, uh, it's year two with you, uh, being in Birmingham, the Stallions, uh, any goals or expectations you got for this year? You know, a certain number of rushing yards, a certain number of touchdowns you're aiming for this season? Um, I mean, I my personally goals, my personal goal is to lead this football team in the right manner on the field and off the field and to bring the winning mentality to the to the new guys and showing them um what we're about at um, the Birmingham Stallions. And, um, yeah, man, that that kind of one of my biggest goals, man, personally, is for me to lead on and off the field and to be a, a better leader than I was last year and try to get these guys to, uh, you know, be mentally strong, like I said, physically all around the board and try to uh, try to get them to have that winning mentality and and you know and 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 give effort when when it's time um, to be. Our guest is Bo Scarborough with the Birmingham. Yep. To go on, I, I know. agree with you 100. percent Like, how do you advance the story at this point? Well, but you know what it's going to be? It's going to be media members sort of writing some media national guys and and, and women. Is it just their opinion? Um, r- r- Yes, writing about it for the first time, and they're going to write with outrage. They're, everybody's going to be outraged. Yeah, uh, trust when, me, trust me. Outside the, of the, the, state, the, the, the wave of outrage is about to crest. Get real national? Yes. Well, here, here's the way a lot of these guys, in my opinion, and, and this is strictly my opinion, you, yours is based on knowledge. But I think what they'll do, a lot of them will watch how he plays and then comment on how this situation affected his play. If he goes off yeah, for 44, they're going to go, this guy can set it aside. Yeah. If he goes 13 and misses 15 shots, they're going to go, it's affected him. Uh, yeah. That would No, nah, you're right. I mean, that, that's the, the low-hanging fruit you could pluck. But I, I would I, hope I, national pundits are better than that. Yeah. Because you can take whether he sh- scores 44 or 13 and twist it either way. I'm just, oh, how can, I, I how just, can he play this well when I mean, he should I, be? I'm just telling you, the, the onslaught. Is about to come. No, I mean, and you're, you're probably right. I mean, I, I yep. was, I mean, still, every time you you watch them play on TV, I mean, ESPN or whoever's, um, you know, broadcasting the game, they always, they, they still are showing storylines of all these events. And um, it, I mean, I guess that's just kind of what the media and what TV does, but it's just at, at what point, man, like, you know, uh, again, I don't know how many times I can say it, I, and it's, we we can't go back and change anything at this point. But by now, the facts are out. You know, like I mean, there's I don't understand why we're still showing timelines. We're still, you, you know, I mean, and I mean that in the most 
like honest I, way. I, I'm I, trying to, I don't. I don't want to sound insensitive by any means, you know, because again, the the biggest focus should be on the victim and the and the families involved. Um, but I just don't see how it helps continuing to just highlight um, the tragedy over and over and over. Um, I just I just don't understand it. But I, I, no offense, Lars. I just guess that's what writers and the media they, they, they just they're fueled by it. They're fueled by just negativity and tragedy. Sometimes I just don't understand it. Yeah. More so than ever. Click, 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 yeah, click, that's, click. Yeah, that's right. They just want the yeah. clicks. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? It works. Hey, you were talking about Terrell Lewis a little while ago uh, and getting mixed up with the sacks. Is that right? Have I got that correct, Christian? Yes, sir. I, I was doing just a little research on him, and I found a little oddity that only Christian Miller can answer. And we'll discuss that on the other side of the break here on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Back on Big Noon Sports. Appreciate all you listening. And do remember we have a website active now at bignoonsports.com. Twitter as well. Our handle is at Big Noon Sports. So dial us up, listen, and um, forward to a friend. Hey, you were talking about getting mixed up as far as the sacks were concerned with Terrell Lewis uh, just a little while ago. So, you know. Just doing what we do while we're on the air. I Googled him and looked him up. And this little fact came up that I had never seen, even though I've been around the program, know who he is, covered him. um, Christian, it's said he is known for his uncanny resemblance to blank. Does this sound familiar at all? Talking about the Mike Tyson voice? Is that it? Yes, it is. Oh wow! Can he? Could he really do it? I guess so. Well, it makes a freaky. No, no, it's not that he can he do. It's not that can he do it. He said he. That's how he sounds like when he talks. He's not. He's not like attempting uh, to do it. They just they talk very I similar. Never interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like he's like a ploy that he's trying I don't to think do. I've ever heard <laughs> out. Yeah. He just. They just. They talk. I've never heard him speak. Yeah, yeah, I th- and I think he actually. In your mind, I think, I think Mike Tyson actually came and spoke to the team after I left. If I'm not mistaken, they got a picture together, and we all thought it was hilarious. I, I saw the picture, but everybody thought it was funny because we always mess with him <laughs> for sounding like Mike Tyson. And then he got to to meet him at Alabama. Well, I, I think in a lot of ways that's really not the most flattering thing you could say about somebody, is it? No, it, it was, it was a that joke. Wrong? No, it, it definitely was you know, yeah. a, a joke with him. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand that part of 
part of it. But, um, golly, now I'm curious. All right, guys, producers, we got to find some sound on him. Yeah. Uh, as, as, gee, I'll bet he got unmitigated, <laughs> uh, rousing, whatever in your locker room. Oh yeah, no, we we I mean we always mess with everybody, but that that was his thing. And first thing we noticed, we were like, damn, this guy sounds like Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as we wait to uh, get some audio, um, Christian. I've been wanting to ask you a couple questions for a while, and it, yeah, and now it seems like oh, hold on, here's here the audio. I don't see, how can I sound more like Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> what was that conversation like? It was funny. It was it was funny, like listening to him, <laughs> and then I would look at other guys. Like I look at Anthony, and he'll be looking at me, trying not to laugh, and yep. we both looking like man. <laughs> What if he say something about us laughing? <laughs> it was funny just being in there and then guys looking at me. I'm looking at them like, what? <laughs> Did you get a chance to talk to him? Wow. He Told does you. sound a little bit familiar. Yep, you were right, Christian. <laughs> he does. I spent a lot of time. But you know with what? Him. If- I'd hope I'd know how he sounds. Yeah, yeah, he sure <laughs> did. Especially when we a got A lot hurt. of meetings. Yeah, well, that too. But yeah, when we got yeah. hurt, I mean... Uh, we basically were just doing rehab 24-7 together for like three months straight, it felt like. So we got real close. He's like, a, well, he's he's a little bit bigger well, than me, but he's my, my big little brother, however the, however the saying goes. Did he ever try to slip into Mike Tyson character? <laughs> what do you mean, try to fight me? <laughs> I mean, did he ever try to use the voice? Like, real? no, no, no. Like, really try to... I'm going to pound you like a... Yeah, no, just really try to get the Mike oh. Tyson voice down, you know, rather than just using his normal voice. Uh, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think so. No, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was the most proud of it, right? Like, I think it was just funny. Like, he just naturally sounds like him, so we always would just give him hell about it. But that's kind of why he was saying him and Anthony... Um, just kept looking at each other while he was talking because, again, like, in the outside linebacker room, we're around each other all the time, and we, it's, a, it's a running joke about him sounding like Mike Tyson. Then, ironically, Mike comes and speaks to the team. And so I can just imagine because, again, <laughs> I wasn't there, but I can just imagine the whole time because you got to remember, I mean, those football guys, I mean, we, we're just jokesters. We're just sitting in there always cutting up. And that's a, that one of those is like, you know, they bring in this, you know, guest speaker during fall camp. It's supposed to be a motivational speech. It's probably not the time to be, you know, giggling, especially a guy like Mike Tyson. You don't want to disrespect him, right? Like, we've had Navy SEALs come speak to us, all these, you know, very serious speakers. Like, Mike Tyson is probably trying to be a serious speaker. He's seeing, <laughs> if he's seeing guys laughing while he's talking, he's probably not going to take that to, you know, to, you know he's probably going to have an issue with that. That's why they're laughing, because I can only imagine his reaction. So, no, nah, it's just a running joke, but it just was ironic that Mike actually ended up speaking to the team. They got to meet each other. I, I am curious, though, if Mike thought he sounded like him. I don't, I don't know if they ever discussed it or know. not. We'll get, maybe we'll but get Mike on the show. Next time you're around Lewis, please just get him to say, what's the matter, Holyfield? You scared? <laughs> you remember, hey, that's pretty you, good. You remember, you remember that great quote? Yeah. I played with Holyfield's <laughs> son, too, with the Panthers. He had a son that uh, played That's right. Back. Yeah. That's right. Speaking of your NFL career and also your SEC career, I, I wanted to ask you, Christian, a, a, a f- just sort of some rapid-fire questions. Number one, who is the best, the most dominant defensive player you ever played with? Played with? Mm-hmm. 
Um, hmm. On your team. Luke Keekley. Whether it's out Al, Luke Keekley. It's a great answer. I mean, what was it, it about it, Luke? If you're that saying made just so like good. overall dominant, just in terms of like, like when mm-hmm. I hear like dominant, like if you're saying like physically dominant, I mean, Luke was that as well. Um, but uh, Luke Keekley was the best football player I've ever been around, no matter, regardless of position. Whoa. Whatever. Luke, with, with, I mean, I'll say that. And I honestly, I would have answered a lot quicker. But when you say dominant, I hear the word dominant. Sometimes I get caught up thinking of like someone like Aaron Donald. And you just watch them just. Like physically, they just yeah. people just can't. But no, really, yeah. In, I, in terms of I, like, I, I mean, the, be- the the best. Yeah, just yeah, the best yeah, football overall. player, Luke Keekley, hands down, hundred percent. I mean, it's not even close. And what wow. was it? What characteristics did he have that made him so good? Well, athletically, I mean, he, he he's one of the most athletically gifted guys, and he's kind of um, underrated with his athleticism. I mean, if if you watch him, I mean, Luke. He's got, you know, prototypical size. He's 6'2", 6'3", at linebacker. You know, he's built, cut. He, he, he can run. Um, but his biggest trait that, that made him stand out is he's the smartest player and honestly one of the smartest people I've ever been around. The way he diagnosed plays, Luke would call out plays before the offense. He, like, they would line up on the ball, and he would be calling out the play before. And you can go watch this. I'm not just saying this. I mean, I experienced it firsthand, but if you go watch – when they do those, like, uh, when they're voting on, like, NFL Top 100, that's all those, those players talk about because they hear it. Like, the offense will line up, and they'll even hear him calling out the play. They're like, how the hell does this guy know this? But he studies so much tape that he already knows what they're running before. I, I mean, it's, it's incredible the way he diagnoses plays. And then not only that, like, you got guys that are smart, but then athletically they're, 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 their intellect is making up for their lack of athleticism. He didn't have a lack of athleticism. I mean, Luke could drop in coverage. I mean, he, he always was making interceptions. He was forcing fumbles. He runs sideline to sideline. I mean, we're talking about a guy, like, he's athletically gifted, mentally and intellectually he's gifted. I, I mean, and then he's just, like, the, one of the greatest leaders. I mean, he's so nice off the field, but when, like, we're on the field, like, he holds everybody accountable. He's not afraid to cuss anybody out. I mean, I watched him, like, take the coach's iPads, and he's basically, like, telling the coaches what to call and what to run. So, I mean, he was a player, a coach. Uh, I mean, I, I can't even, like, I mean, it, like, it's not even close. He's, like, the greatest football player I've ever been around, hands down, college, NFL, you name it. Wow. I, I, I honestly was not expecting that. Um, yeah, but you know what? You, the but, more you read about him, and especially upon his recent retirement, the more you understand. Yeah, it was, it was sad that his go go watch go watch short. any any interview documentary or anything. I'm telling you, every single player will say the same thing. I mean, like, there's you'll never find a guy like him that can the way he just diagnoses plays. I, I'm telling you, it's it, like it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, like I would be on the field, and he's like telling like it's not just he's just saying like, oh, it's a run. He's literally saying, toss, sweep, left, sweep, left. Like, what? Like, how do you know that? And then they run a toss, sweep to the left. Like, he, like, I'm, like it's, it's crazy. But, I mean. How big of an advantage would that give you when you hear Luke? Oh, it's huge. He's shout out what's, com- <laughs> what's coming. I mean, I, 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 I think it's a no game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, the advantage you have. But, again, I mean. I mean, even at Alabama, I used to, like, be able to, you know, I'd, I'd study a lot. And I'd be able to say, oh, it's a run, it's a run, it's a pass, pass, cool. But, I mean, this guy is specifically telling us what's coming. And not only that, his consistency. Like, right, I might say pass, pass, run, run. 
but I'm maybe like 70% accurate. I mean, this guy, I don't even think there was a time he was wrong. I can't remember a time where he called something and it wasn't right. <laughs> wow. Like, uh, please, if y'all have the time, go just go on YouTube and type in like Luke Keekley, like NFL Top 100. And like that, that's all they talk about. And they just highlight it because like, they, they, like it's unmatched. Like it's unprecedented. I've never seen somebody just as smart as he is with the athletic, athletic ability that he has. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was like, I think it was his first seven seasons. He was all pro consecutively or pro bowl. Like mm -hmm. go look at his accolades. I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, I, I hate that he retired early. I respect him for doing it. Um, but in, in this crazy, if you, if you, if you get to know him, like all he does, he doesn't, he doesn't use social media. He just, he enjoys genuine relationships with his friends. He loves to hunt. He loves to fish. And then that's really all he does. You know, he's, uh, you know, he likes having nice relationships with people and he just enjoys himself. He's not into all this social media. Like you'll never really see any of that on, like online. Like he just, he likes to go out to eat and likes to hunt, like to fish and he liked to play football. That was it. He's, I mean, as simple as it gets. Who is the best offensive lineman that you personally win against either in, at Alabama or in the NFL? Um, that I personally win against, um, I can't remember if I, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily played against him, but, uh, Trent Williams, I mean, I, I can't remember who he was with. I don't know if I played against him, but I mean, if I had to say offensive lineman, I'm going with Trent Williams. I'm trying to see who he was with when I was, yeah. with. I, I don't know if I, I might not have played against him, but I mean, when I think of offensive lineman, Trent Williams is most dominant offensive tackle, um, that comes to mind. Why? Why? Go watch his tape. I mean, that yeah. dude, <laughs> that dude uh, throws people out of the club, Matt. I mean, I mean, then not. I mean, to be that <laughs> to be that big. I mean, he's athletic. He can move. I mean, if, if Six, you're not five three twenty, yeah. And if you're not familiar with Trent Williams, he's the guy that uh, when the, the 49ers were playing the Eagles and they got in that scuffle in that offensive lineman, like basically ragdolled that Eagles defender. He got kicked out. That's Trent Williams. Oh. Go watch his highlights. And you'll understand <laughs> what I mean, Matt. I mean, that dude is, is physical, mean. Like, when I say he's throwing people out of the clubs, I'm not talking about just, like, undersized DBs. Like, I mean, he's making, like, defensive end look like little boys. Like, he, he just – and, like, I mean, you, like, you watch him, like, when he's climbing up, I mean, he's just, like, destroying people. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time, too. I mean, we're talking about a dude – I mean, Trent's, like, 34. He's been in the league probably 12 years. I mean, he's been playing at that level since he's been in the league, so – I would go with Trent Williams. I, I don't know if I necessarily played against him, but um, yeah, I, I would. I would have to pick him, Lars. Yeah, um, ten-time uh, Pro Bowler, um, two-time first-team All-Pro, and uh, <laughs> the guy's a beast. <laughs> please just go, beast. just go, uh, just go watch him on YouTube. Just please go watch some clips, and you'll you'll you will not want to line up in front of that dude. <laughs> Fourth overall pick in 2010. Oh, I remember. I, I think he's. I think he is a lock for the Hall of Wait, Fame. Wait, yeah, I, I did uh, play against him. I'm, yeah, I knew I did. It, he was with Washington. He was with the Redskins. I played against him in uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. I just, I did. Luckily, I was on the other side. I was going against Mo, which wasn't much better. <laughs> it was uh, Moses. Uh, what's his? Uh, another their, their right tackle who's really good. Um, can't. It's like Moses something, but it wasn't much better because that guy. Pin me up too, but uh, yeah, luckily I didn't have to really go against Trent. I was playing on the other side. <laughs> we had a uh, Bruce, quick, is, Bruce is Irvin Luke over Keith? there. Morgan Moses. Oh yeah, yeah, Morgan Moses. Yep. Um, Morgan Moses.
is Luke Luke uh, a Hall of Famer? Oh, hands down, absolutely. First ballot, yeah. put him in there. Give him his jacket. Wow, we're uh, we're out of time. We're gonna come back for a short period on Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Noticeably cooler today, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain by mid to late afternoon. The high today, 63. Very cool tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with periods of rain. The low tonight, 46. The high tomorrow afternoon, right around 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. on Big Noon Sports as we wrap up the show Christian Lars and Matt and also listening to Josh and then now looking at some of these artist renderings of the Saban Center coming uh, in 2026 this looks like some kind of business hotel it's going to be massive. Um, we've we've talked about it a little bit uh, in, in the past, but um, yeah, it's it's a major development coming to 
downtown Tuscaloosa, um, and, and I think uh, city leaders such as uh, my buddy, our buddy, Walt Maddox, um, still trying to get input uh, from other from other business people. But uh, yeah, it's um, the Saban Center going to be. Do you have a good description of exactly? Um, no. Uh, and I'm supposed to be able to do that. But it looks like it's five or six stories high, a lot of glass, a lot of columns yeah. in the exterior. Uh, it looks like there's open atriums in some sections. and other sections, it looks like they've got particular offices. Uh, but I will ask this out of sheer ignorance. What, it is, what is its purpose? Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading this off the website. This is an, inter- an interactive hub for education, arts, recreation, and discovery. So comprehensive that it can truly be called the center of it all. So it sounds like uh, they're going to offer a lot of things, but uh, specifically, you know, things for education, arts, recreation, those type of things. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it's um, education training, arts participation, mm-hmm. uh, academic support for teachers and families. Um, and uh, it's going to play an important role in, in workplace development by providing a pipeline of skilled employees to the state. I mean, there's all these sort of different programs, you know, that, that fall under sort of different... The, the, the phrase now that, that people use are different buckets, right? D- different buckets, different umbrellas. But, like, there's arts and sciences and... And uh, there'll be other wings, recreation and activity, um, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be unique and one of its one of a kind. And um, we'll have to sort of do a deep dive on it uh, at some point here in the near future. Uh, I ask this out of sheer ignorance: Is it a for-profit building center? Okay, I just confused <laughs> Lars, so that means I'm not the only one. Uh, yeah, I, just, yeah. I mean, it... it, it, it. Well, uh, what I'm reading is, I, I mean, I, it's also going to play an important role for workforce development, uh, providing a pipeline of skilled employees to the state. So I think it just serves a number of purposes. I mean, it's got like a children's museum. It looks like it's very interactive with, you know, technology and whatnot. I, to answer your question, I don't know. Um, I don't really know. I guess we have to read more on it. Looks cool though. Things, yeah, things yeah. I mean, and, and they're part. They're partnering yeah. with the state, um, and it, it, you know, to build the capacity of local and regional school districts to educate and inspire children to enter uh, STEM, S-T-E-A, or STEAM, S-T-E-A-M, uh, related fields and just sort of be an integral part of improving education, not just in Tuscaloosa, but throughout the entire state of Alabama. Here's one quote that Josh sent me. The Savings Center mission is to fill hundreds, thousands of job openings in STEM fields. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. thought I'd let you know I knew that. I did not know that. We'll be back tomorrow.